The following program is sponsored by Fairly Spiritual on KCIS. Well, hello there, everyone. It's Dr. Doug Bursch, co-pastor of Evergreen Church in Auburn, Washington, and you're listening to The Fairly Spiritual Show. Please pray for me. My wife is at a women's retreat, and my house is immediately falling into disarray. On today's show, we're going to talk about creativity, how to be creative, how to create things in a world that is full of critics. Our God's creative. We should be creative as well. Also, I'll give my review to the Avengers movie. You know, that little movie that's made billions of dollars. Don't worry. No spoilers on today's Fairly Spiritual Show. Well, thanks for joining us again. I am Dr. Doug Bursch, and this is The Fairly Spiritual Show. On today's show, we're going to talk about creativity, that every single one of us can facilitate creativity in the world, and the world would be a better place if we'd be a lot more creative. Uh, But before we get into that, a couple things. Here's the number you can contact me at, 360-818-4513. You can text or leave a message. 360-818-4513, and you can go to the website, fairlyspiritual.org. I need you to pray for me. I know the National Day of Prayer was yesterday, but I think we can pray more than one day a year. Uh, My wife uh, is at a women's retreat. She's helping lead and facilitate a women's retreat, and I've noticed that the moment uh, she leaves the house, everything uh, falls apart. Everything just, for some reason, the house just falls into disarray. Everything is where I left it. When she's around, I leave things, and then they go back to their their rightful place. But when she's not here, if I leave something on the counter, it just stays on the counter. In fact, I noticed that all of our cabinet doors are open now. Uh, she just, it just happens. Uh, she left uh, a little earlier, and already all the cabinets are open for some reason. And everything is where I last put it. So uh, pray for me. I never quite know what to do, if I should clean up as I go, or if I should just wait an hour before she returns and uh, do everything then. You know what I'm going to do. The guys out there, you already know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to wait and say, so uh, how'd the retreat go, honey? Uh, you, you heading home? And then when I get off the phone, I will yell at my older boys. Not yell at them like yell, but yell like, hey, mom's coming home, quick. Time to clean up. So uh, I hope she has a great weekend. Uh, So uh, I saw that Avengers movie. Don't worry. No spoilers. I was a little harsh on it last week. I I, I was a little harsh. I think I said something like, you know, in the first movie, if you haven't seen the first movie, you know, a little too late, but he snaps his fingers and half the people disappear. And I was like, you know, I, I hope in this next movie he snaps his fingers and the rest of the people disappear. That's a little harsh. You know, that's that's I, I have to admit it when I listen to the show again, I thought that's somewhat harsh. So I went into the movie with an open mind thinking, oh, my word, three hours. I have to sit through this thing for three hours. And uh, I got to say it was OK. It was good. It was a little long. I'm going to say that for me, 
It's a little long. I didn't quite care if they would fit together all the stories, but I know for the people who really love it, it was important for them that every little thing got tied together. But, you know, for three hours of sitting there, that was... It was, you know, better than a lot of other things I could have done for three hours. So um, I was a little surprised that they brought a Buzz Lightyear into the show. I, d- I didn't think that would happen. And uh, finding out that Yoda was Iron Man's cousin, I didn't expect that coming as well. But again, Disney owns all those properties. I don't know if you know that. Like Disney owns Marvel and Star Wars and basically everything. I'm afraid eventually Disney will will own the church as well. It's just basically... They own almost all forms of entertainment. By the way, those were not spoilers. Yoda is not Iron Man's cousin. He's like second cousin twice removed. So it, it, it's not even pertinent to the story. So don't worry about it at all. But anyway, that was, I guess, the, it's called Avengers Endgame. So I guess it's all over now. That'll be it. Uh, so good. We don't have to worry about any more of those. I did notice that in the first three or four days, that movie made something like $1.3 billion. $1.3 billion. And uh, wow. I personally think, you know, if they tried a little harder, they could have made $1.4 billion. But, you know, you can't be too critical. But $1.3 billion. You know that as long as a movie franchise makes $1.3 billion, they are going to run that thing into the ground. That's the problem with any movie you like, by the way. If you like a movie and it makes a lot of money, they make another one. And they just keep making them till eventually everything you liked as a kid or you liked as a young adult, eventually they'll make enough of them that you won't like them anymore. Oh, I am sounding so old. I am sorry for that. I am sorry for that cynical start to the show. We're, we're just we're just going to move on from that. But I'll tell you, one of the problems I have... Boy, Doug, you didn't move on, did you? Well, one of the problems I have with um, the superhero genre is not the genre itself. It's great as a genre. My problem is it's just taken over all other genres. It's like the whole world has become some... Is it Comic-Con? Something like that. It's just because the whole world has become the superhero genre. And it's the other stories that are not being told, that's kind of what bothers me. There's other stories to be told. There's other, <laughs> there's other plots that I care about. And uh, that's one of the problems with our culture is when we monetize everything, sometimes monetizing things gets in the way of creativity. We are so uh, desirous of making a buck that we're not necessarily thinking about terms of, hey, I'd like to you know, work on a story no one's seen before. I'd like to create a vision no one's experienced before. I'd like to do something new and different because new and different doesn't always pay the bills. In fact, I I used to point out this illustration that sometimes there are two kinds of churches. There are blockbuster churches and art house churches. Blockbuster churches are kind of those big uh, churches that, you know, blockbusters in general tend to be pretty big, Pretty simple. There's lots of special effects. There's big names, big actors. Lots of people go to them. The plots aren't that hard to follow. You pretty much know what you're going to get. Everybody kind of goes to it. They become these big events. Art house movies, they don't have the big actors. They don't have the big budgets. They're usually focused in on kind of distinct or unique uh, plots or ideas, uh, special things that people are interested in that are a little different. 
um, but they can have a tremendous impact, but not that many people go and see them. And in some ways, we do uh, churches like this as well. We've got blockbuster churches, and we have art house churches. And, and, and maybe we need both. Uh, but I think we do need both so that we shouldn't just model the blockbuster churches. We should also model the art house churches. And as with churches, as with movies as well. So I want to take this and move into a bigger topic, the topic of creativity itself. And I would like to encourage you as the listener to let God facilitate creativity in your life. Our God is a creative God. You, you can admit to that, right? He is our creator, right? He is the creator of all things. And one of the problems in just limiting God to certain religious activity is we begin to limit our conception of God. We just see God as the preacher of sermons, you know. We just see him as scriptures. We just see God as religious activity or religious rituals. But God is the creator of everything. God is the creator of poetry. God is the creator of philosophy. God is the creator of humor. God is the creator of art. God is the creator of dance. God is the creator of all these amazing, wonderful expressions that we just don't know quite where they fit in, but they make our culture richer and more vibrant. And yet sometimes the church so narrowly defines God or narrowly defines how Christians can worship God or express God that we miss expressing God in his fullness. God is a creative God. And I would think we, who've been made to image God, we were created in God's image, we would also image God's creativity. The problem is we live in a very critical world. We live in an assessment world, in an assessment culture, in a critic's culture, where in my opinion, although there's a lot of creativity in our culture, in some ways there's less creativity and there's more critics. And I'd say it this way. What happens is one person will create something. They'll create a movie. They'll create a television show, whatever the expression is. And then people go on social media and everybody critiques it. So we have thousands and millions of more critics and more harsh critics than ever before. I know even when I teach college classes and they do those assessments at the end, students are far more ruthless than they used to be. Now I usually get good assessments, but they're far more willing to give their opinions about what is wrong and what needs to change. We are raising a culture of critics, but we're not necessarily raising a culture of creative people. And that's what I want to talk about on today's show. Are you letting God spur your creativity on? Are you becoming a creative Christian? Is there something creative in you that God wants to bring out for you to share with the world? More to come. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. I'd love to hear from you. You can text me or send me a message at 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Uh, we need people to donate to keep this show on the air. We're probably going to have to do some sort of fundraiser so that we can have enough money for next year's shows. I kind of raise at a 12-month clip right here. And we have enough for a few more months, but not enough for next year. And in order to raise those funds, I need you to go to fairlyspiritual.org and donate today. That's fairly 
spiritual.org. Your donation keeps the show on the air. Please donate if you want this show to stay on this station. Thank you for your generous support. It means the world to me. Okay, so we're talking about creativity today, and I want to encourage you that we have a creative God, but we live in a culture that I think in many ways uh, is not encouraging creativity. We're actually encouraging critics. What we, what we see often is um, something will be created, a song will be sung, a movie will be made, and then everyone goes on social media and assesses it and criticizes it. So we have more and more critics than ever. We, we find this uh, also in the church as well. Uh, less people actually advancing the kingdom of God, less pastors, less church plants, less people working in the church, but more people assessing the church. In some ways, it's, it's like um, there's a football field, and there's less people out on the field, but there's more people in the stands uh, complaining about how the work is being done. And so in a culture like that, where we are assessing things greater, it's hard to be creative. It's risky. It's difficult knowing that anything you present, there's going to be a thousand people or a million people with a lot of opinions on it. We also have a problem is in our culture, we're aggregating everything. And aggregation is an interesting term, but it's, it's like this. Think about the newspaper. I know many of you don't even subscribe to a newspaper anymore. Some of you do. Uh, but aggregating is like this. Um, think of like a national column or a syndicated column or a column that was run in a newspaper in one state or in one city, and they like that column. Let's say it's a good story. And they'll take that story, and then they'll share it in a bunch of other newspapers, in a bunch of other cities, in a bunch of other states. That's called aggregating. Taking that one news story, and instead of just sharing it in that one city or in that one newspaper, they aggregate that content and they share it in a bunch of different newspapers. Well, in the internet age, we are aggregating everything so that someone will write something for one specific context, and then that, that story, that blurp, whatever it is, will be aggregated in all kinds of different contexts and on all kinds of different platforms. So you know that you might even have a local newspaper where the content seems very generic, that it's not very local, that it seems like they're just giving you stories from some other place, from some other person that really doesn't understand your community. That, my friends, is aggregated content. And so we have these problems in our culture that the content we're creating, people are very critical about. And a lot of the content that is being created is aggregated. It's not from here. It's from somewhere else. It's just being shared. Um, you know, someone pays someone the least amount of money for their content, and then they aggregate it as far as they can throughout the world so they don't have to pay someone else locally to produce content that is right for that local context. I want to encourage you to create that we need more creators, just as we need more pastors, and we need more missionaries, we need more preachers and teachers. We also need more Christian painters and Christian poets and Christian dancers and Christian singers, and not just that your paintings are Christian or your poetry is Christian, has Christian content, but just you as a Christian being creative. I decided oh, early on as a pastor that I would structure the ministry I do 
around me. I would just try to be my authentic self. So I am a pastor. I pastor Evergreen Church in Auburn. I co-pastored along with Pastor Dan Behrens. I preach and teach and minister to people, but there are other expressions in me that also have value. I'm a writer. I'm a communicator. I'm an evangelist. There are things that I do that also have value that I believe God also wants to be expressed in the world. And so I make room for those expressions as well in my calling. And then there's other things in me that I don't know where they fit, but I have a desire to do them. And I just do them unto the Lord. A few years ago, I decided to start painting. And I don't know how to paint, and my paintings aren't that good. And this is not false humility. It's just the truth. A few years ago, I started doing abstract painting. And if you like abstract painting, you might say, oh, you know, that's kind of okay. If you don't like abstract painting, you just look at it and go, I don't even understand that, Doug. It just, just looks like a mess. But I enjoy doing it. And I, you know, I'll look at YouTube videos, I'll go to art museums, I'll just experiment and paint with acrylics, do abstract paintings. But one of the things I did early on when I would uh, finish a painting is I would force myself to post those paintings through social media. I would post a picture on Twitter or on Facebook. By the way, my Twitter handle is fairly spiritual. Or you can go to uh, the Fairly Spiritual show, or Doug is Fairly Spiritual for the Facebook page. But I would, I would post these pictures, and I would do this for this reason. Not because I thought it was a great painting. Not because I wanted a bunch of likes and favorites and retweets. I did it because I wanted to encourage other people to be creative. I wanted to show my life in process. I wanted to show that I didn't have to be ashamed. That here I am, just doing something trying something new, trying to figure out how to paint, trying to have joy in the doing. Because I know that there are many people, I know there's people listening right now where you have a desire to paint, but for some reason you were shamed by others. You, you did art as a child and it wasn't successful. There's a teacher who discouraged you. You had family who discouraged you. Maybe you discouraged yourself. You'd like to paint, but it overwhelms you, the thought. And the pressure is so great. And, and you just don't know how to do it, and it's embarrassing, and it seems wrong that you would even waste your time doing that and spending money on supplies and canvases and classes, and it, it just seems selfish, And but you do have that desire. You want to be able to do it. But it's hard when you create something and someone looks at it and goes, what's that? What's that supposed to be? That's difficult. So I decided to just start posting my stuff so that you could just see someone else risking it just putting stuff out there and just risking being honest. And so maybe you could be honest. And you could say, there's no shame in being creative. You know, people go out and play golf for a few hours or basketball or softball, and they're not ashamed. They just do it for the fun of it. But when it comes to creativity, sometimes we feel like we have to justify it. Well, I can't just paint to paint, and I can't just write to write, and I can't just do poetry to do poetry, and I, I certainly can't just dance to dance. But why not? Why not be creative? So I just started doing that. In fact, a week ago, I thought, I want to start doing some pin drawings. So I just started trying to do pin drawings, and I posted some of the pin drawings. And again, I think sometimes people are thinking, oh, you know, well, he's doing that because he wants to show off how well he's doing it. I know as I look at stuff, well, that doesn't look right, and that looks kind of weird, and the perspective is off there. But I just want people to know that God has allowed us to be creative. And if you feel like being creative, then be creative. My wife gave me a journal a year ago. It was a really beautiful journal. 
and I was trying to figure out what to put in it. And she said to me, you like humor, don't you? Why don't you just write all those jokes in it that you're always you know, talking about, especially the jokes you can't share on the air, just the jokes that you're like, I don't know if anybody like this. Just, just write your jokes in there. So I have this little book of jokes where I just write, if I were ever going to do stand-up comedy, here's my book of jokes. Why? Because I enjoy doing it. Because it's creativity. A few years ago, I thought, I want to write a book. I'm dyslexic. That's difficult. So I sat down and wrote The Community of God, A Theology of the Church from a Reluctant Pastor. And I didn't even try to have anyone publish it. I didn't send it off to any publishers. I didn't send it off to any agents. I just self-published it, had it edited, sent it out. I've sold about 3,000 copies of it and just kind of word of mouth and promoting it. But I just thought it, it's right, it's good just to create something and, and I could self-publish it and do that. And I could encourage others to do that as well. If you have something in your heart you want to write, write it. Do it. I'm working on my next book. This one might be published by a publisher. It might not. It doesn't really matter. I'm just going to create because God's a creative God. and God lives in me and I live in Christ. And I'm just going to do what God has put on my heart. We are called to creativity. I believe there are more artists out there. There are more poets out there. There are more singers and dancers and even comedians. Now, right now listening, there's someone that you've wanted to do something for a long time and you feel like you can't justify it because it's not, uh, well, it's not religious enough or Christian enough. And I just want to encourage you. Do it. I also want to encourage some of you where you're like, well, I don't really have that desire. I don't have the desire to paint or I don't have the desire for poetry or, or, or any of the stuff you've mentioned, Doug. Well, maybe you don't have that desire, but you could be an encourager of others. And your words matter. And I'd like you to think about that. Are you radically encouraging the people around you to create? Are you encouraging the giftings of others? Are you encouraging your kids and your grandkids? Are you telling your grandkids, hey, I'll, I'll pay for those piano lessons if you want to do that? When they show you their, their art, do you, do you not just look at it and go, oh, that's nice, but do you sit down and study it and tell them what you love about it and say, hey, you should keep doing that. It's amazing what our words can do. It's amazing how much we can encourage someone. If you'd say, hey, hey could you write me a song? Could you share a song? Could you sing something for us? Now, of course, you know, don't, if someone doesn't want to do that and it causes them pressure, don't. But, but if you see a twinkling in their eye, if you see a joy in their eye, you could be their first biggest fan. We're called to encourage each other. You know, our faith doesn't have to be all talk about the kingdom of God. It doesn't have to be all sermons. When you're in Christ, when you're in a good place in Christ, and you begin to create things, there's, there's something beautiful that anoints what you create. And if you're a Christian who's surrendered yourself to Christ, and you create a beautiful dance, that dance will bring glory to God. And if you're a Christian who's surrendered to Christ, and you write a work of fiction that comes from your heart, that work will bring glory to God. And here's the thing. It's not about that all the words talk about Jesus. 
It's that when people say, hey, you know, that's, that's beautiful what you wrote, or this really touched my heart, or I really laughed, or I really appreciate what you create, that's when you get to bring glory to God. That's when you get to say, well, thank you. Uh, God helped me do this. Thank you. Let me tell you why I, why I draw. Let me tell you why I write. Because I was praying and God told me to write. And God told me to draw. God told me to dance. What is the thing that God is asking you to do? What creativity has God birthed in you? I know there's someone listening right now where there's a painting God would like you to paint. There's a poem God would like you to write. There's a song God would like you to sing. It's time to start singing. It's time to start dancing. It's time to start writing. Be creative. Hey, thanks for listening to today's show. If you'd like to contact me, here's the number, 360-818-4513, especially if this show reached you. 360-818-4513. That's 360-818-4513. Make room for the Lord. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. He's for you. He's not against you. All right. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Proceeding broadcast was sponsored by Fairly Spiritual. When you write or call this program, be sure to mention you heard it on KCIS.